Oh, hey, I'm so glad that you found us. My name's Michael, and I get to be the pastor at Shepherd's Community United Methodist Church in Lakeland, Florida. You're listening to the It's Better When You're Here podcast, where every week we upload the messages that are preached at our church every Sunday. We hope by listening to this, uh, you feel safe, heard, and loved by the God that created you. We hope this message makes an impact in your life. If listening to this makes a difference, reach out to us and connect with us either on social media or on our website, shepherdsumc.com. All right, here's the message. All right, so today our message, the question I want to ask all of us today is this. What happens when prayer is our last resort? What happens when prayer is our last resort? So our series on how prayer can become a flow in our lives, that's what our series is about in this season of Epiphany. So often, prayer is this mysterious thing, especially for Christians. Prayer is this thing, you don't really understand what we're doing. Am I, am I talking to God and asking God for things? Am I, am I uh, just reminding myself of things that I already know? What is prayer? And last week, I asked all of you to view prayer as a flow instead of a fix. So often when we go into prayer, especially as followers of Jesus, we can feel as if once I pray about it, then God will be on it and God will fix it. And that's so, for so many people, that is not our experience in prayer. We pray for something and nothing changes. We pray for something and change comes, but it comes so slowly. We pray for something and we feel as if we're just talking to ourselves. But prayer also needs to be about listening. Prayer is something that requires listening as well. Last week we talked about the Magi, or, or maybe you know them as the three kings, those people from the east that saw a star and listened to the star and started walking. This understanding that to find Jesus in our lives won't be as easy as simply going through the motions, but instead requires us to have action. And so I put a challenge before all of you last week, and it was this, to find five minutes quiet every single day. And we're honest people here, okay? I didn't do it. I did it sometimes. I didn't do it every day, right? But there's like seven days between Sunday and Sunday. I can't, I'm not perfect, so maybe you weren't perfect either, but I challenge you to do the same this week, to find five minutes of quiet. And again, taking five minutes to fall asleep doesn't count. So find five minutes of quiet every day. The other thing that I've done this week and it's something I didn't announce because I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it, but offered a daily devotion every day on Instagram and Facebook. So if you follow us on Instagram or follow us on Facebook, you've seen me talking to my phone about Scripture every day. And I've found different ways to prop my phone up. I, I put you in the cabinet on Friday, so we'll see where, where you end up this week. But I encourage you to follow us on social media so you can participate in that way. These devotions are not for me to get warmed up before Sunday. These devotions are there for us to understand that prayer is something that we need to attend to every day, and it's our opportunity to not only speak, but to hear, not only be heard, but to listen. And so I encourage you to be a part of that. But today, today, our message today is this. I want to call all of us to a life of prayer. The first thing you can write in your bulletin, the thing I hope gets stuck in your head is this. Prayer doesn't save us from the hardest parts of life, but it does remind us we aren't alone. 
Prayer doesn't save us from the hardest parts of life, but it does remind us we aren't alone. Our scripture today is Psalms 40, verses 1 through 10. And I'm going to do something a bit different today. I'm going to challenge you a little bit. I am not going to read all of the scripture today. Instead, I want to encourage you to read it on your own. Wow, I know. I'm going to read portions of this. All of it is worth your time, but I'm going to encourage you to read your Bible. Crazy thing for a pastor to do, but I believe in you. If you don't have one, you can Google it. It's fine. They're very available, okay? Psalms 40, verses 1 through 10. Here are some of the things that I'm going to pull out today. The psalmist says, I put all my hope in the Lord. He leaned down to me. He listened to my cry for help. He lifted me out of the pit of death, out of the mud and filth, and set my feet on solid rock. And then to skip down a little bit, it says, you don't relish sacrifices or offerings. You don't require entirely burned offerings or compensation offerings, but you have given me ears. So I said, here I come. I'm, ins- I'm inscribed in the written scroll. I want to do your will, my God. Your instruction is deep within me. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Woo! So this psalm and all the psalms that you read are honest expressions to God. I love the psalms. The psalms, some of them are happy, but the vast majority of them are just plainly honest. The psalmist puts pen to paper and tells God exactly how it is. There are lamentations, there is sorrow, there's pain, all written within these books, within these chapters. It's an uncensored pouring out up to God. The Psalms stand as as a whole book, 160 plus chapters of lamentations, honest reflections, songs, and responses to God, and they stand as an example to all of us that when we pray, we need to be honest with God. But so often when we pray, we are polite. When we come before God, the God of the universe, we feel like we've got to get our best Sunday dress on. We feel like we have to sit up straight. We feel like we have to be in proper posture. We have to pretend like we've got it all together when we come before the king of the universe. But if we read Psalms, if we pattern our own prayer after the prayer book of the Bible, we will find ourselves again and again and again being totally honest about our lives. When we pretend everything is fine, We are lying to the only one who can change things. When we pretend everything is fine, we are lying to the only one who can change things. Friends, we we lie to one another all the time, right? And it's typically as soon as we see someone. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Have you ever heard that from someone and you just know right away that if they were Pinocchio, their nose would grow a little bit? I saw a friend of mine at at school at at Florida Southern this week, and he he asked me how I was doing on Wednesday. And I said, oh, I feel like $37, 37 bucks. He's like, oh, that's not very high. And I was like, believe me, it's it's higher than it was the day before. 
And then I saw him on Friday and I said, I'm feeling like a million bucks. He's like, whoa, that's a big increase. And I go, that's just inflation. And I felt so clever. I was like, man, I'm so smart, so funny. But we lie about that because we want to be polite. We want to be polite to the people that we encounter. And, and friends, I want to tell you, maybe it is good for us to be polite. You know, if the Publix, if the kid at Publix is asking you how you're doing, they are not asking how you are doing. They are following their training. And George Jenkins told them to be polite, right? And so they're just trying to be polite. But friends, I hope that you have someone that you don't have to be polite to. You don't have to lie about how you're feeling, what you're bearing. Instead, you can be completely and totally honest. And friends, if you don't have a person, I know that you have a God that is not trying to get your Sunday school answer, but instead is looking for honesty. A life of prayer means we need to pray, especially when we don't want to. We're honest people here at Shepherds. And I want to tell you, my greatest times of prayer, the times when I felt that I've actually been able to hear from God and actually was able to be heard by God, all of those prayers began with, God, I don't know why I'm talking to you today. Maybe the prayer began, I don't even know what I'm doing, praying. I don't want to talk to you don't want to be heard. And frankly, God, I'm angry. In those moments, those are the times when I feel that I can actually be heard by God and hear God most clearly. God, prayer doesn't save us from the hardest parts of life, but it does remind us that we are not alone. The passage says, but you have given me ears. A life of prayer includes action. A life of prayer includes action. If prayer for you is just a time of pausing before you eat dinner, if prayer for you is just a chance for you to look up to heaven and say, hey, look out for me, big guy. If prayer is just a chance for you to stop what you're doing, I think that that can be great. But friends, I have to challenge you that all prayer must include action. Friends, if prayer has never humbled you, you might be missing something. I can't tell you how many times I have gone to prayer out of frustration over someone else. And halfway through the prayer, I realize, well, boy, the other person wasn't the only one causing annoyance. I myself need to change as well. Maybe humility comes when we realize that we have not been living in the rhythms that God has called us to. Prayer has to result in action. I don't know if this analogy works, but it's the only thing that makes sense to me right now. Prayer, prayer should feel like a visit to a good doctor. Stay with me. I have a good doctor. And I only know that I have a good doctor because I didn't have a good doctor. In fact, I had bad doctors right up until my current physician, okay? I had a lot of doctors that would come in and be like, yeah, I don't know, you're doing okay. And be like, I don't know because my back hurts all the time. And they're like, ah, you're fine, just touch your toes sometimes, right? But instead, now I have a physician that when I go in, I feel like she actually hears me, she listens to me, she encourages me, she challenges me, she tells me that the thing that I was worried about is something I don't need to be worried about. And then sometimes she tells me the things that I'm not worried about are things that I should worry about and do something about right? 
a good physician hears you, but then also challenges you to do something different. Prayer can be that for us. Our chance to be honest, to be heard, but also be pushed into something more, something greater, something stronger, a new life. Prayer doesn't save us from the hardest parts of life, but it does remind us we aren't alone. The passage says that that God doesn't need sacrifices, doesn't need burned offerings or compensation offerings. Friends, sometimes when when we don't pray, we avoid prayer because of guilt. I don't know about you, but there are times when I don't want to pray because I know, I know, I know that I'm a mess. And that I know that God knows that I'm a mess. And I don't want to go to prayer because I feel like I wouldn't want to listen to me if I was God. But in this passage, we see that that God, God doesn't need our perfect life. God doesn't need us to be polished, to be perfect, to be all correct when we come to prayer. When the psalmist tells us that God rejects sacrifices, it proves God wants to hear us. God doesn't want to hear us because we're perfect, we're pretty, we're lovely. God wants to hear us because God loves us. Not because of what we can offer God, but because of how God is. God doesn't need us to bring perfect offerings, compensation offerings, burned offerings, none of those things. Instead, God wants to hear us. In this passage, it says, but you have given me ears. The original Hebrew says this, you have bored ears in me. My TikTok algorithm, my my Instagram algorithm shows me a lot of things. It shows me uh, folk music. It shows me people cleaning carpets. And it shows me a lot of woodworking videos. I'll ask my therapist what all that means, but let's let's not get uh, bogged down in all that. But in the woodworking videos, you see people boring holes in wood. So taking a drill bit, taking a paddle bit, and removing obstacles in the way to make a cup, to make a spoon, to make a bowl, using metal to carve out space in the wood. That's the image that we should have when we see God listening to us. God is not listening to us because we're loud. God is not listening to us because there's nothing else good on TV. God is listening to us because God worked to be able for us to hear God. God bored ears within us so that we might be able to hear God. God hears us because God makes that effort, does that work to hear us. Prayer doesn't save us from the hardest parts of life, but it does remind us we aren't alone. Whenever I talk about spiritual disciplines, I always get worried about two different things. Whenever I preach about tithing or prayer or fasting or any of those things, I, I get worried about a couple things. Number one, I get worried that I might push guilt onto anyone that hears me. The church does a pretty good job of making people feel guilty. A friend of mine just this morning texted me a a tract that he saw uh, in an airport that said, remember, don't take the Lord's name in vain. Great. Thank you very much. 
I'm so glad you went to a printer and you printed this out and you sticky tacked it into the men's room at the Tampa airport. That's what I needed to be reminded to not take the Lord's name in vain. The church, we do a good job of making people feel guilty, making people feel like they haven't measured up, like they aren't good enough, they aren't strong enough, they aren't right, and I, I worry about that. But then on the flip side, I also get worried that sometimes maybe I don't push all of us hard enough. I worry that I get worried about guilt so much that I don't push us towards a life of holiness. And so let me try and find a middle road. I don't want you to feel guilty that you don't pray, but I also don't want you to think that not praying is something that will make your life better. Friends, prayer is something that doesn't protect us from the hardest parts of life, but it reminds us that we are not alone. And so let me say it like this, and you can write this in your bulletin. It's this. It's you don't have it all together, and you don't need to. You're not perfect. You don't have it all together. If you're anything like me, you are a hot mess express, and I'm glad you pulled into station. And you don't need to have it all together yet. We are not ready for glory, friends. We are not ready for heaven. God is still at work in us, and prayer is the only way that that's ever going to change. A life of prayer invites incremental change, small, minute change. Maybe some parents in this room can, can understand what I'm going through here, but I have this app called Time Hop. It's this wonderful little app, and it's horrible all at the same time. Because what it does is it shows you photos from years gone by. And now that my daughter is seven, it is really, really painful. Because I'll pull up an image or something. Just this morning, I saw a video that is somehow seven years old, even though it just happened yesterday, of my little girl uh, being a baby. <laughs> and I see it, and, and it's amazing because you don't see, if you've ever been a parent, you don't see your kids grow all at once. You see small incremental changes. And you can look back at photos, you know, six months old, and all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, they've grown so much, they've changed so much. But in the moments, it doesn't feel like they're growing at all. And I wonder sometimes, friends, if that's how God sees us. That we feel as if we're not changing, we're not growing, we're not becoming holier, we're not becoming like Jesus, we're getting frustrated, we're setting the same New Year's resolutions every year, we feel like we're not growing, and yet God looks back at the time hop of our lives. He sees a change and a transformation. Friends, I know that January is the season of when we think that we haven't changed at all. New Year's resolutions, some people love them, I just can't stand them. Because it's an annual opportunity for me to feel disappointed in myself. <laughs> but I wonder, friends, if today we can see a life of prayer as something that we can change in our lives through small measures. See, prayer doesn't save us from the hardest parts of life, but it does remind us we are not alone. So my challenge for you today is the same as it was last week. I want you to find five minutes of quiet every single day. And I want to push you a little bit more. I want to push you to go to prayer. Find an opportunity to talk to God. The God of the universe has bored out ears so that we might hear. Maybe we could talk to God. You see, prayer, it doesn't 
save us from the hardest parts of life. But it does remind us we aren't alone. Let's pray together. All right, friends. I hope you heard something in today's message that made an impact in your life. Helped you know that you're loved by God and inspired you to do something about the gospel that is offered to you. Now receive this blessing as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.